This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We are here with the platinum-selling multi-hyphenate Selena Gomez, who is the star and executive producer of Only Murders in the Building and the series co-creator, John Hoffman. They're talking about everything to do with the show, including season two. Selena, your career evolution is remarkable. You take bold swings with movies like Spring Breakers, The Fundamentals of Caring, The Dead Don't Die, and you produce. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But when Only Murders in the Building arrived, what was it that you found appealing about it to to fit in your canon? Well, to be honest, I, I actually related to the character in a lot of ways from her way of kind of making new friends and unconventional places and feeling a little isolated and not understood sometimes. And then on top of it, I'm obsessed with true crime. Last night, actually, funny enough, I went to an escape room. Um, <coughs> and a bunch of my friends made fun of me because they're like, oh, now that you're on murders, you think you can solve it all? Because I just would like find little ways. So I just found this, um, this natural connection to Mabel and I didn't, it wasn't till later when I find out that I got to build the relationship with Steve and Marty naturally. So it was actually in real time. And you can tell through wrapping up season two that we've created such a synergy between one another. And that's how it would have progressed in real life. So it just, it honestly feels like a family to me and I feel safe and I feel able to do, you know, new things with Mabel. And it's, it's, yeah, it was kind of a no brainer. And plus I'm with two legends. And John, what made Selena a great foil to Steve Martin's Charles and Martin and Martin shorts, Oliver? It, was it a Diane Keaton, Louise Lasser sensibility? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I love the reference. Right. There. Um, but no, I, I would have to say, A, it was Selena Gomez. And it really was that. Like, I, I felt a, a direct link in my mind until we put everyone together. That made a lot of sense to me about sort of going an unexpected route, certainly with those two guys, um, and then partnering them up with someone who would feel fresh and feel different. And the whole show is built on classic meets modern, right? So exactly. I can't be a more modern woman than Selena Gomez. So, and then when I, we talked uh, and the first time we chatted, Selena and I Zoomed together with uh, Dan Fogelman, Jess Rosenthal, and we were completely enthralled. And, and she connected to it in a way that felt innate and just easy. And then I think the big question and curiosity for all of us was like, what happens when the three of them get together? 
And that combo led really truthfully because Steve and Marty are a well-oiled machine, but led by Selena in the first read through of our script because she was driving with her own natural comedic flair. And that's well honed. And I, I, I really recognized that early on when I saw her early work and I was like, oh, she's got her own thing there. She's got a style and a way in which she lands a line, lands a joke and has, there's not a dishonest bone in her body, which is pure comic gold. And that to me is what I saw immediately happen in our first table Zoom and all of us did. We all, the phones, phones lit up after that first table read and we were like, she came to play and it was thrilling. I mean, you have you have the the hard job, Selena, playing the straight person. <laughs> <laughs> that the, really that's enjoy. where all the funny is. Forget about I, all the goofballs. I really enjoy it. I have to say, and again, life imitates art because half the time I don't understand what they're talking about, and I find it hysterical. Um, so it's I learned a lot. Um, but yeah, no, there's such a there's such a good feeling about being able to be the middle ground in it all. And there's also this sense of like, not like a relief of pressure because I know that I'm able to get to the grounded place, but it, it's so important to have what Steve and Marty are. I mean, they are incredible. So I, obviously I just try to match up to them as much as I can. Um, I'm just sharing a, uh, an old story that Claire Danes, uh, I, when I interviewed her years ago for Shop Girls, she shared this story about when she was working with Steve Martin. He, I, I said, did, did you learn anything from him comedy wise? And she says, well, there was this thing, I was going in and out of a door and he was just showing me the timing with it. And I was just <laughs> curious, did, did you have those moments with these two guys? Not that you don't need any comedy lessons, I'm just curious. Oh, no, no, no I, I, I welcome it. And if anything, here and there, nothing like crazy. They'll just suggest something. And, and we have such a great relationship where I'm like, no, I don't think that's funny. Or, oh, okay, I'll try that. And uh, yeah, I'll even be honest and say, oh, I don't know if I could pull that off. And then they'll get me out of my comfort zone. But, you know, I've just learned overall that they really don't take themselves too seriously. And, and I think that is, there is some gold in that because not only does it disarm me as an actor, it, it also allows the whole set to feel warm and uh, fun and just like a joy to be around. And John, what was your inspiration for this? I mean, was there a, like a bad building in New York in the seventies you know, where, I mean, that's the time where a lot of murders would happen. And I, was just, I was just curious, like, and just, can, can you tell me about your inspirations and just how this package came together? Was Selena there first? Was Steven first? How it all, because I remember it was announced at Disney Plus Day and I don't think anybody was expecting it. Ah, oh, I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, I love hearing it's not expected on a, across the board. Um, I, this was Steve Martin's idea. Mm -hmm. And I was introduced to the idea by Dan Fogelman and Jess Rosenthal. And so I was presented that and immediately like a good idea does, it brought forth like a volcano, other ideas. And I was like, oh, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. And uh, I, they said, well, let's sit down and talk to Steve and, and see if he likes these ideas. And so immediately met with, as Selena said, that 
that spirit of generosity and that openness and not taking things too preciously, that's the thing you're intimidated by, right? When you're meeting people and you're thinking, oh God, they're, they know their thing so well. Is there room for me to step in? Are they going to be insulted if I try and direct it one way or the other? And these guys and Selena, it's such a room of collaboration and openness. And it makes, as Selena said, the set is incredibly open. Now, I say that, but when I heard the idea, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, I've wanted to do a show in New York City my whole life, basically. I was born in Brooklyn. It was a dream of mine to do a show or a movie in New York, shoot it. And then when I heard the idea and I thought a pre-war apartment building, I did take it back to my first thought was Rosemary's Baby. But there hasn't been, there hasn't been a great like signature apartment building show or film in my mind since then. And that's a long time back. Uh, but you pointed to something that will, will maybe a bit of a spoiler teaser uh, for uh, this coming season because of what you referenced in the 1970s and the serial killer attitude that can happen around oh, that's that great. time in New York. I also want, expect to see in season two, singing by Selena and <laughs> banjo by Steve. You and Martin singing. Funny. We Something need some funny. more buttercup, you know? <laughs> we need a buttercup number. Yes, yes. Anthony, you're singing my tune is all I want to say. Yeah, okay. all I'm going to say is I think maybe Steve and I are hesitant just because uh, I guess me personally, um, I want to be kind of careful. I love being Mabel and I love that she's, you know, a, an extension of me, but she isn't necessarily me. So some sometimes my worry, not to say that I'm opposed to it in any, any way, shape or form, just my worry is that it might just kind of might turn into pop star thing. And that's, you know, clearly not Mabel. <laughs> You're classy. Okay, and there, first of all, there's nothing wrong with pop star. And if yeah. you were to just sing on the show, it, you know, it, it could be its own thing. It could be, you know, like a cabaret thing. It could be, you know. It could be. I'm not, yeah. I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed. There are little flights of fantasy, I will say. As a so it it, it but I love I love what you're saying because I think that is the bottom line always is like. We have to stay true to these characters, but there is this pocket of our show that allows ourselves to go off into the imagination a little bit. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You have such rich, connected characters here that you could take them into a far-off realm and it would still feel organic because of what you've established in just their shorthand and their timing and everything and the cadences. I mean, do you, do you agree with, I mean, you've got some rich twists here between, you know, Tim Kono and, and, and Jan and, and Theo. But I mean, I, I really feel that, that it, it's like you could decide, you know, randomly 
oh, this is going to be the ending. And it all makes sense because of what you've laid out with them. Am I, am I wrong? No, I hope you're right. And that's the goal when we work together with the writers. Um, and and I, it's my uh, favorite brand of comedy coming from the human and coming from the relatable and the universal and the sort of connective tissue that happens when people are thrown into a situation where their defenses come down because there's a dead body on the floor. And now the two people who are strangers to them are now looking at it and they feel very differently about each other because they're sharing this one experience and things start to open up with them that wouldn't open up with other people. Also, it's the way in which these three amazing actors work together with us writers to sort of inform their characters themselves. Honestly, we learn about Mabel through Selena. We learn about Oliver. Marty will walk on a set and say, this doesn't feel like me. One line, and it can be one line. And I love that when that happens. Steve will come in and say, I'm not sure I would say that. It's, I couldn't enjoy that more, but they all, we all are learning together who these people are, but we're coming from a place of common comedic understanding that has room for genuine poignancy and pathos between all of the characters and within their internal lives and backstories. And we explore it kind of unafraid because also they're amazingly gifted to go comedically and dramatically as well. So we're very lucky to be able to just dance in this territory. Selena, you've taken a hand in producing a number of your projects and here you're executive producer. You know, that's not a role some performers want. What do you love about producing? When you were coming up, did you observe the role of the producer on set and say, that's, you know, that's something I would like to do? Could yeah, you talk? My, my mom actually was, you know, someone that inspired me when it came to behind the scenes stuff. She was, you know, even when I was younger, we were constantly watching like documentaries on film and, and, you know, she would read tons of books and she was in theater and then she would move into commercial work, but everything was always kind of background. And I always had a fascination with it. I, I love story making and I love being able to do as much as I can. I don't think I'm nearly as talented in that department as maybe I am in other areas, but I do love having a say. I love being able to, know that if something doesn't feel right or if the music is this or something kind of feels different that I there is a sense of understanding that I can come in and shift it a bit as opposed to this is what I have to do even if like you know it it makes me want to do things I don't want to do or something I wouldn't put myself in a situation like that but that's just an example the um so for both of you, the ending that we see, was that always the ending where it was always Jan and then the three of them go to jail or were there alternative endings that you had, <laughs> that you were kicking around? Was you there an option? The mystery of Edwin Drew. Is that what you're saying? You went, no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> precisely. How'd right. you know? What a fun <laughs> show. We oh, don't. <laughs> no, or Clue. I guess Clue is the other one that did that, right? Um, yes. Yeah. The uh, no. It was very interesting. I did. I will say this part. Uh, I did pitch this show to Hulu uh, before we started rolling. Before we do it, did anything to get the green light. 
Uh, I pitched the whole season in general in the arc uh, and the pilot in great detail. But by the end, one of the last sentences was, and so at the end of season one, our three newbie podcasters uh, have now become both the suspects in the main murder for next season and the subjects of a competing podcast done by their mentor. So it was that by the end of it. So it was well thought out structurally through that way, but things developed in the writer's room to make us uh, adjust a little bit to who the murderer might be and things develop, you know, interracial relationally with the characters. And that felt like when we get closer, when Mabel is, we discover Mabel knows Tim Kono and has a relationship with him had in the past. Uh, that is a spark of excitement and, and it makes it deeper for the audience and deeper for the character to feel like, Oh my God, now it's not just they're, you know, procedurally going about, exploring a murder there's deep connection and that we felt was also interesting in our murderer in season one with charles's character and also with mabel and with oliver because they saw what was happening and then they learned it before he did and it's this feeling and it's all about the emotional connection so that's the thing that gets me jazzed is sort of like finding those key points have either one of you decided which episode you're going to submit for emmys yet uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not no sure. Idea. <laughs> I have a vote. I have a vote. Yeah, with uh, Theo, the Theo episode where it's uh, all silent. That's my vote. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah. Season three? Maybe? <laughs> yes? Okay. And anything else you can tease about season two is... Are there are there some surprise castings that haven't been announced yet, or there are? You, you teased a little nineteen seventies. Unintentionally. Go... <laughs> What's that? I said unintentionally. We we have we have <laughs> announced you. No, uh, I, yes, I, I say I will say just from an actor's point of view, doing another season of a show that genuinely had the reaction it had is is a little nerve-wracking you know I I I'm ner I got nervous because I was like okay how can I top it how can I you know be better and what I've been saying to people genuinely even my friends I'm like I with my full confidence in my body I, this is a million times better than season one we've just got our characters down we've just really have a, a really well blended cast and it's so diverse and it's really fun um you're gonna be surprised i think people will be surprised what's what's next for both of you after yeah uh i'll go uh so i just finished season four of my cooking show and i am in la working on my album now oh fantastic there's no, uh, do you think you'll do a, 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 a tour soon or no? Uh, I am open to a tour a thousand percent, but um, I obviously have obligations and things that I want to do. So when the time's right, it's not the top of my priority list. Okay. And John, aside from finishing s season two in, in post? Aside. Aside, Anthony, from doing that, if you only, I do nothing but, I could not find myself in a luckier position uh, with this show. So I, you know, I've had development in 
for, for years with other projects. And, and what's sweet is when they start rising a little bit because of this good fortune we've had with this show. That's lovely. But my focus is making this, again, just stronger, better, always with this group. It's, it's an amazing, rare air position to be in with this amazing collection of people. Okay, John, before we go today, yes. Selena knows this. There's something that I want, and maybe you can make it happen. And that's Selena Gomez in the Linda Ronstadt biopic, because you know she will win an Oscar for it. And you know there is a story for it. If you saw that, she just did a documentary a couple of years ago that went to Tribeca. And there's this whole story just about how she, she just survived and went from band to band to band and just became her own, you know, her own phoenix. Yeah. You're not, you're not the first. <laughs> I know, but it needs to it happen. It has it, I, to happen. I could not agree more. By and the way. I don't, I, I, I'm like, every day I say to myself, Selena's got her range. Selena, yeah, she could do, Aww. yeah, she's got her range. Thank and you then, so much. And then um, the other thing I was going to say on that <laughs> is, Selena, if you haven't listened to it, Pirates of Penzance. Yes. The soundtrack. She was in one of the Broadway productions. It was a very popular Broadway production in the 80s. You could probably go on whatever Spotify or YouTube music yeah. and find it. But she's on that soundtrack with Kevin Klein, And it was a departure for her in her career when she just suddenly decided after doing all these pop albums, I'm going to go on Broadway. And it's fantastic. Oh, cool. yeah, and do an operetta and sing to the sky with us. Oh, it's great. And yeah, and I, I think she increased her range during that. Yeah. Um, That's so yeah. cool. I'll yeah. check it out for sure. Totally, totally. Thank and you could both. not agree more. I love that you brought that up. <laughs> thank you so much. Good, good. Yes. John and Selena, thank you so much. Course, thank, thank you. you. Thank Bye, you. Bye, Selena. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. 